Hello and welcome back to Gimme the Creeps with Abby and Daniela. Hello, hello. Hey y'all, it's been a while. We have taken a short little break, but we are back this week and it's Daniela's turn this time. It is my turn. Oh boy, my fucking mic. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will apologize in advance. Apologize in advance. Uh, Pepper, uh, the newest to the family, is eating right now, so you're gonna be able to hear her eating. Yay, ASMR. <laughs> Puppy her little crunches in the background. <laughs> Delightful. Okay, so today's topic is the evil eye. Ooh, perfect. So most of this information I got from Wikipedia because there is so much, there's so many articles out there, but they are not very, like, informative, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I was like, I don't. I don't want Susan that is a yoga mm-hmm. instructor instructor oh, to yeah. tell me <laughs> Thanks, what Blaine. she thinks it is. So, <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. Um, I remember as a little girl going to big family gatherings and my mom reintroducing me to all of her theas. They would gush over my hair or my dress or how cute my dimples were. And after every compliment, they would run their fingers over each thing. Así que no te doy el mal de ojo, mija. Mm -hmm. So I don't give you the evil eye. And of course, my little chicken ass was like, what's mal de ojo? (laughs) (laughs) And that is the evil eye. The evil eye is a supernatural belief in a curse brought about by a malevolent glare usually given to a person when one is unaware. I sure do know that Abby has got major oh like there's nothing you can do once she's said it it's over. Even if it was a nice compliment. It's over. <laughs> The evil eye dates back about 5,000 years. The earliest known belief in the power of the evil eye predates ancient Roman and Greek times. This iconic symbol is present across various religions and cultures, but most significantly in the Jewish, Muslim, and Christian faiths. So what is it besides a curse? Uh, Whoa, all these colors. (laughs) I like color coded some of the shit and I'm like, whoa. (laughs) So yes, it's a curse said to inflict varying degrees of harm on a person exposed to another person's glare, praises, and compliments. A person can also expose themselves to the curse by acting without humility, acting with stubbornness, or bragging about themselves. The evil eye originates from jealousy or malice and is inflicted on another person with a look of evil. The superstition holds that this evil-eyed gaze can inflict actual harm or disaster on the receiver of the glare. According to myth, you can also expose yourself to the evil eye curse even without the presence of the curser. Mm. (laughs) An evil eye curse is often characterized by misfortunes such as a streak of bad luck, a dissolved fortune... Oh, what the fuck? 
a dissolved fortune. <laughs> uh, falling ill, falling prey to injury, etc. Attempts to ward off the curse of the evil eye have resulted in a number of talisman in many cultures. As a class, they are called oh, apotropic apotropaic, apotropaic talismans, mm. meaning that they turn away or turn back harm. Discs or balls consisting of consisting of concentric blue and white circles, usually from inside to outside, dark blue, light blue, white, and dark blue, representing an evil eye are common apotropic apotropic talismans in West Asia and the Balkans. Uh, talisman in West Asia and the Balkans found on the prows of boats and elsewhere. In some forms of the folklore, the staring eyes are supposed to bend the malice gaze back to the sorcerer. Known as Nazar, this talisman is most frequently seen in Turkey, found in or on houses and vehicles, or worn as beads. So these beads are commonly crafted from glass, and this means that they are prone to cracking and breaking over time. And yes, there is a superstition related to cracked or broken evil eye beads, too. According to myth, if an evil eye bead is found cracked or broken, this means it's served its purpose of protecting the wearer or the object. As soon as the evil eye bead is cracked, it must immediately be replaced with another to keep bad luck and evil at bay. The Turkish culture believes that bad energy is directed to the bead. Once it's cracked, this means that the bad energy has been diverted away from you and into the amulet instead. The Hamsa, Hamsa woof, is another talisman. The way that came out was so weird. <laughs> the word Hamsa means five, referring to the fingers of the hand. In Jewish culture, the Hamsa is called the hand of Miriam. In the Levantine Christian culture, it's called the hand of Mary. In some Muslim and Balkan cultures, it's called the hand of Fatima. Though condemned as superstition by, oh shit. Though condemned as superstition by some Muslims, it is mostly, or it is almost exclusively among the Near East and Mediterranean that the belief and envious looks containing destructive power or the talismanic power of a Nazar to defend against them. To adherents of other faiths in the region, the Nazar is an attractive decoration. A variety of motifs to ward off the evil eye are commonly woven into tribal kilim rugs. Such motifs include a cross to divide the evil eye into four, a hook to destroy the evil eye, or a human eye to avert the evil gaze. The shape of a lucky amulet is often woven into kilims for the same reason. The evil eye is one of the most widely recognized symbols of superstition across the globe, and despite some differences across various cultures, it holds the same meaning no matter where the story is told. In Judaism, some Jews believe that a good eye designates an attitude of goodwill and kindness towards others, 
Someone who has this attitude in life will rejoice when his fellow fellow man prospers. He will wish everyone well. An evil eye denotes the opposite attitude. A man with an evil eye will not only feel no joy, but experience actual distress when others prosper and will rejoice when others suffer. A person of this character represents a great danger to moral purity, according to some Jews. Pepper is just over there fucking <laughs> annoying the shit out of the big dogs. Okay, come over to look at me like, get her out of here. <laughs> so Rabbi Abraham Isaac Cook, I want to say it's Cook and not Cook, <laughs> explained that the evil eye is an example of how one soul may affect another through unseen connections between them. We are all influenced by our environment. The evil eye is the venomous impact from malignant feelings of jealousy and envy of those around us. Many observant Jews avoid talking about valuable items they own, good luck that has come to them, and in particular their children. Oh, yeah, Mexicans do that too. Mm-hmm. If any of these are mentioned, the speaker and or listener will say... In Hebrew, which I'd looked up to see how to say it, and I couldn't couldn't do it. Uh, they will say in Hebrew without an evil eye, or uh, no evil eye. Another way to ward off the evil eye is to spit three times or pretend to. <laughs> and Romans called this custom this despuere malum. To spit at evil. Well, I looked at, I don't, I thought it was Latin. So I looked it up and it's like to dispute evil or something or despise Mm -hmm. or something. Okay. It has also been suggested the 10th commandment, do not covet anything that belongs to your neighbor, is a law against bestowing the evil eye on another person. Oh. Dude, don't start with a fucking squeak toy. This reminds me of Mushu, and he's like, okay, you're going to stay, you're going to work. Here's the cricket, the little the thing to, to the fire. Exactly what I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, please let me. <laughs> she knows not what she does. Okay, well, I'm sorry in advance, everyone. Pepper. God, Pepper. Jeez. Um, Okay, so rituals surrounding birth and young children are often centered around protection from the evil eye. An example of this is the textile neckbands worn by boys for their bris, especially in the regions of Alsace, southern Germany, and Switzerland. The neckbands often had a central coin or colorful coral uh, designed to draw the evil eye away from the boy and thus protecting him during circumcision. What? Hmm. But who would be envious of a child getting their... I don't know. I don't know. Maybe for future future things oh, oh well you know what i guess br- the bris like has a meaning a special like meaning a so maybe that's oh yeah. <clears throat> <clears throat> in 
In Christianity, the belief of the evil eye can be located in some passages of the Bible. In Luke 11.34, Jesus referenced to the eye as the lamp of the body. If a person's eye is generous, then their whole body will be full of light. If their eye is evil, then their whole body will be full of darkness. Hmm. The evil eye in Islam is a common belief that individuals have the power to cause harm to people, animals, or objects by looking at them in a way that indicates jealousy. Although envy activates the evil eye, this happens or usually happens unconsciously. And the person who cast it is not responsible or usually not responsible for it. In addition to being looked at, astrology may play a part. Someone may become a victim of the evil eye by virtue of an unfavorable celestial configuration at the time of the victim's birth, according to some scholars. That's unfortunate. (laughs) I feel like that might have been me. Born under an unfavorable celestial configuration. <laughs> and my mom, my position. poor mom. Aww. Um, huh? I said, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, among the rituals to ward off the evil eye are to say in Arabic, blessings of God, which I cannot say the words. Um. So you say either blessings of God or God has willed it if a compliment is to be made. Hmm. In Trinidad and Tobago, the evil eye is called maljo. From, oh wait, yeah. Uh, Maljo may be passed on inadvertently, but it is believed to be more severe when coming from an envious person or on one with bad intentions. It is thought to happen more readily when a person is stared at, especially while eating food. Oh, dude, that happens all the day. It's I feel like our evil eye um, interpretation in the United States is like all of this put together. I agree. It's like general, like a yes. general thing. Mm-hmm. If people watch me eating and then something falls onto the floor yes. or on myself, like, yeah, that's... My mom always does that. If she drops something when she's eating, she's like, you wanted a piece. And I'm yes. like, yep. <laughs> at Thanksgiving. Yeah. Everybody was watching my piece being served and it fucking flips over fell. on oh, the frosting no. side. I was like, you oh. <laughs> <Everybody> <laughs> was watching it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Exactly. It's so funny. Or it falls on the floor and everybody's like, oh. Yes embarrassing we wanted it (laughs) yeah yeah it's so fucking funny it's true um a person who has been taken by the bad eye may experience unexplained illness or misfortune in traditional rural legends the general belief is that doctors cannot cure maljo only people who know prayers can cut the maljo and thus cure the victim indeed There are several secular approaches to combating maljo, but more extreme cases are usually referred to as spiritual rituals with a particularly strong influence from the Hindu religion. In non-religious respects, there is a strong cultural association between the evil eye and the color blue. (sighs) Pepper. (laughs) Pepper. She's fucking up her playpen. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's believed to ward off maljo when worn as clothing or accessories so much so that some striking shades are referred to as maljo blue 
Blue ornaments may be used to protect a household, and blue bottles have been hung on trees or placed in the yard surrounding a property. Look at that. Look at that. It's all coming full circle. It is. Blue soap and Albion blue are traditionally used for domestic washing, but are also considered to present to prevent maljo if used in bath water or to anoint the soles of the feet. Jumbi beads are the poisonous seeds of the rosary pea tree, which are used to make jewelry that also wards off maljo and evil spirits. One superstition is that a pinch can reverse maljo following interpersonal interactions, especially if one is stared at or given a compliment. Some also believe that rubbing one's own saliva in their hair will counteract maljo in general. Ooh. But particularly from envy of the hair length and texture. <laughs> well then. A bath in the sea is also thought to relieve an inflicted person. That would make sense. The salt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maljo believers are particularly concerned with safeguarding babies and children who are considered to be most vulnerable to its effects. It may be caused by someone born with a blight in the eye when such a person looks admiring, um, admiringly at a child. It can also occur with a pat on the head or just a glance. Whether it is, in, whether it is intended or not, compliments can cause maljo. It can be caused by a stranger, a member of the child's immediate family, or by another relative. It may even be passed on by a parent who is obsessed with their own child. Mm -hmm. A baby with maljo refuses to eat or drink, cries continually, and pines. It may have, and it may also have an attack of fever. Mm -hmm. Bracelets made of jet beads are traditionally given to newborns to wear as a preventative measure, while elders also re recommend securing a bag of blue die to the baby's clothes this is because a newborn is viewed as most vulnerable mm -hmm. following east indian influence a tika is a black dot that is placed on the baby's forehead thought to distract the attention of the evil eye and protect the child as such i thought it also covered their third eye their third eye yeah hmm. The most common maljo remedy comes in the form of a Hindu ritual called, um, oh, here it is. Uh, it's called jare, and I'm pretty sure I'm saying it, I'm mispronouncing it, but that's as close as I can get. Uh, it may be practiced at home, usually by parents or elders, or by a pandit or spiritual practitioner. There are many variations to the ritual and non-Hindu persons readily participate if they are considered if they are considered to have been affected by maljo. The main implement to a jare is either a peacock feather or a kokoya broom, which is a traditional broom made using the midrib of the coconut palm leaf. Some also report a knife or machete or machete machete <laughs> machete being used. In some instances, the kokoya broom is measured against a particular part of the body at the beginning of the ceremony, and it is believed to be conf 
confirmation of module if the reported length has changed by the end of the session. We chant will say a prayer while using the tool of choice to brush the person from head to toe. The prayer is conventionally said in Hindu, but may also be said in English. A jare may focus on a specific point of affliction or pain, like your head, hair, back, feet, and so on. Mm-hmm. It is not unusual for a jare ceremony to be carried out on children and babies. People believe that maljo can cause death. Two types were reported. The dragging kind, where the baby gets smaller and smaller and goes through all the symptoms mentioned above before withering and dying. The 24-hour maljo said to kill in just 24 hours is effective if effective help is not obtained. What the fuck? Wow. Another Hindu ritual called Uche is also employed to heal Maljo through. Oh my God. Is also employed to heal Maljo, though this might also be interchangeably called Ajare. Ingredients such as onion or such as onion skin, salt, cobweb, hot pepper, mustard seeds, piece of a cocoa broom, a lock of the victim's hair. In the case of children, it's a lock of the mother's hair are wrapped in a tissue or newspaper. The officiant will circle the wrapped objects around the victim's body before burning them all. It's believed that if the items create a large crackling flame and a foul stench, it is an indication that the victim had a severe case of maljo. At the end of the ritual, the victim may be asked to walk away without looking back while the objects burn. Hmm. In Afro-Caribbean spiritual Baptist and Orisha tradition, Orisha. A special piece of jewelry called a guard will be blessed by an elder who invokes its protection on the wearer. It may be a waist bead, anklet, bracelet, or necklace. For babies, a large safety pin can be used as a guard. Whoa, they there's um a superstition about eclipse mm-hmm. that a pregnant lady has to wear a safety pin on her. To oh, really? Her. Oh, wow. Um, <clears throat> okay. Hold on. In Greece, the evil eye is cast away through the process of... Ooh, I didn't look up that word. <laughs> I don't know what that word is. Um... Damn it. Of course I have to do this now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay, it's eczematiasma. It's probably wrong, but here we go. That's pretty close to the word. Whereby the healer silently recites a prayer, a secret prayer, prayer passed over from an older relative of the opposite sex, usually a grandparent. Such prayers are revealed only under specific circumstances, as according to their customs, those who reveal them indiscriminately lose their ability to cast off the evil eye. That's kind of cool. Whoa. 
There's several regional versions of the prayer in question, a common one being Holy Virgin, Our Lady, if, insert name of victim, is suffering of the evil eye, release him or her of it. Evil repeated three times. According to custom, if one is indeed afflicted with the evil eye, Uh, both victim and healer then start yawning profusely. What? What? Wow. Dude, I yawn all the fucking time when I'm talking to you. (laughs) I wonder, what the heck? (laughs) That's so weird. Spiritual exhaustion. (laughs) Spiritual (laughs) exhaustion. Oh, shit. The healer then performs the sign of the cross three times and emits spinning-like sounds in the air three times. I love that noise. The no, no, yes, yes, that's it. <laughs> I, can't do it. I, was I only know it from the my big fat Greek one. I fucking love it. Yes, dude. What I did <laughs> just now was like I was trying to talk to a cat. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> another test used to check if the evil eye was cast is that of the oil under normal conditions awful awful oil (laughs) awful oil awful oil (laughs) (laughs) that was good holy shit (laughs) under normal conditions olive oil floats in water as it is less dense than water the test of the oil is performed by placing one drop of olive oil in a glass of water particularly holy water if the drop floats the test concludes there is no evil eye involved if the drop sinks then it is asserted that the evil eye is cast indeed another form of the test is to place two drops of olive oil in a glass of water if the drops remain separated the test concludes there is no evil eye but if they merge, there is. <clears throat> Did you know you can do that with Q- with Q-tips with um, toothpicks? Oh, really? You can like fill up your sink with water and put two toothpicks in there, and if they start to, if they like um, cross, touch, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's that means you've gotten some negative shit on you. Oh shit! I didn't know that one. Yeah. Cool. Um. There is also a third form where a plate full of water, the, wait, there is also a third form where in a plate full of water, the healer places three or nine drops of oil. If the oil drops become larger and eventually dissolve in the water, there is an evil eye. If the drops remain separated from water in a form and in, oh my God, and form a small circle, there isn't. Excuse me. The first drops are the most important, and the number of drops that dissolve in water indicates the strength of the evil eye. Note that a secret chant is spoken when these tests are conducted. The words of the chant are closed practice and can only be passed from man to woman or woman to man. That's fucking cool. Hmm. We're back again on the same day with serious news. Aww. She said, I'm not kidding this time. 
She's like, that curtain is doing some weird shit over there. She said, I don't know if that curtain's real. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Pepper. Okay. Um, So naturally, (laughs) just now, we paused... (laughs) (laughs) we paused the episode so that I could go pick up Jeremy and I didn't know that we could do that it was really exciting and Abby was like yeah you can totally pause it now and let me push resume she fucking pressed ended it (laughs) so we had to start a new recording so we're starting fresh we jinxed it we did a whole on the pause we did we did just like it should have gone because that's only normal. Yeah. So the the lesson is is don't get excited about anything. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <clears throat> so I just finished talking about the closed practice. Okay. Um. There is another form of the test where the healer prepares a few cloves. By piercing each one with a pin. Then she lights a candle, grabs a pinned clove with a pair of scissors. Then she uses it to do the sign of the cross over the afflicted. Whilst the afflicted is asked to think of a person who may have given him the evil eye. Then the holds the clove over the flame. If the clove burns silently, there is no evil eye present. However... If the clove explodes or burns noisily, that means the person in the thoughts of mm. you, it is the one who has cast the evil eye. Wow. Yeah. As the clove explodes, the evil eye is released from the afflicted. Um, cloves that burn with some noise are considered to be um, a Greek word that I can't, I don't know. <laughs> can't even read that but um it's considered to be someone foul-mouthed that you ought to be wary of the burned cloves are extinguished with a glass of water and are later buried in the garden along with the pins as they are considered to be contaminated mm-hmm. greek people will also ward off the evil eye by saying i spit so that i won't give you the evil eye mm-hmm mm-hmm Contrary to popular belief, the evil the evil eye is not necessarily given by someone wishing you ill, but it stems from it stems from <laughs> admiration. If one considers admiration to be a compelled emotion of astonishment at a rival's success over one's evil plan, but since it's technically possible to give yourself the evil eye, it is advised to be humble. <laughs> Um, okay yeah okay Assyrians who are indigenous who are an indigenous ethnic group native to Assyria and West Asia are also strong believers in the evil eye they will usually wear a blue or turquoise bead around a necklace to be protected from the evil eye they might also pinch the buttocks, which <laughs> I think the Armenians do as well. It's said that people with green or blue eyes are more prone to the evil eye effect. Oh, Pepper did like oh. that. <laughs> I was pinching my butt. Yeah. 
Off limits. <laughs> <laughs> um, in Turkey, a typical nazar, which again is a talisman. Um, <clears throat> in Turkey, a typical nazar is made of handmade glass featuring um, concentric circles. Yes, we've actually talked about this already, but or it, it could be also teardrop shaped in dark blue, white, light blue, and black, occasionally with a yellow or gold edge. Cultures that have Nazars or some variation include Turkey, Romania, Albania, North Macedonia, Bosnia, and Herzegovina, Bulgaria, Greece. Oh my God, I said Bulgaria and it reminded me Bulgarian from Practical Magic. Ah, yes, I remember that. Ugh. Oh, wait, have you seen the new Hellraiser? Yes. The bad guy is, what's his face? I already told you that, didn't I? What? The bad guy in Hellraiser is um, Angelo from Particle Magic. Yes, yes, uh-huh, I recognized yeah. him. That was weird that I had never seen that guy before until I saw Practical Magic barely, and then that came out and we watched uh, it. Ah, yes. I forgot mm-hmm. you hadn't seen it yet. Ooh. I was like, what? Of all the times? Anyways. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, Bulgaria, Greece, Cyprus, Cyprus, Syria, Lebanon, Jordan, Palestine, Egypt, Armenia, Iran, India, Israel, Pakistan, Uzbekistan, Afghanistan, Turkmenistan, Iraq, and Azerbaijan. I don't, I feel like that's super wrong. Azgaban. As, no, that's not right. (laughs) (laughs) So the Nazars in these countries are often hung in homes, offices, cars, children's clothing, or incorporated in jewelry and ornaments. And they are a popular choice of souvenir for tourists. In Ethiopia, the belief in the evil eye is widespread. But I think they call it Buddha, but it's not. Honestly, I don't know if that's pronounced right. Buddha? Um, it's it's spelled the same way though. And it's generally believed to be a power held and wielded by those in a different social group. For example, among the metal workers. Some Ethiopian Christians carry an amulet or talisman known as a kitab or will invoke God's name to ward off the ill effects of Buddha. A deptera who is either an unordained priest or educated layperson will create these protective talismans or amulets. In Senegal, the equivalent of the evil eye in Wolof, Wolof would be the tight, tight. It is believed that beautiful objects may break if enviously stared at by others. To repel the effects of the evil eye, Senegalese people, Senegalese, ooh, did I say that right? Oh, that's how this came right off the tongue. It did. Senegalese <laughs> people may wear cowrie shelled bracelets. The seashells are said to absorb the negative energy of the Thai and gradually darken until the bracelet breaks. It is also common for superstitious people to wear grease grease made by a marabout's 
to avoid misfortune. Agree, agree. Is it Greek, Greek, Greece, Greece, Greek, Greek. It's Greek, Greek. In India, in the northern states of in the northern states of India, the evil eye is also called Nazar. Um, a charm bracelet, tattoo, or other object or a slogan may be used to ward off the evil eye. Some truck owners write the slogan to ward off the evil eye. They will write in it's not what is no they will write oh evil eyed one may your face turn black <clears throat> in several other parts of india people call it a disti or drusti while people of an or they'll yeah DC or Drusi or Drishti or Kanu. But it all means fucking evil eye. Uh, to remove the Drishti, people follow several methods based on their culture area or area. Items often used are either rock salt, red chilies. I wanted to say chile. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and it came out chilies. <laughs> White pumpkins, oiled cloth, or lemons coated with cum 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 Oh, <laughs> I'm so immature. <clears throat> oh shit! People remove drishti by rotating any one of these items around the affected person. The person who removes it will then burn the item or discard it in a place where others are not likely to stomp on these items. People hang pictures of fierce and scary ogres in their home or vehicle to ward off the evil eye. Perfect. I I love ogres. (laughs) In India, babies and newborn infants are usually, will usually have their eye adorned with kajal or eyeliner. This would be black. Is it is believed in India that black wards off the evil eye or any evil auras. The umbilical cord of babies is often preserved and cast into a metal pendant and tied to a black string. Babies can wear this as a chain, bracelet, or belt. The belief, once more, is that the that it this protects the infant from dristy. This is a practice that has been followed right from historical times. People usually remove drishti on full moon or new moon days, since these days are considered to be auspicious in India. Indians often leave small patches of rock salt outside their homes and hang arrangements of green chilies, neem leaves, and lemons on their stoop. The belief is that this will ward away the evil eye cast on families by detractors. In Pakistan, they also call it Nazar. People usually may resort to reading the last three chapters of the Quran. Um, and in, what is, is it Arabic still? Yes. They'll commonly say God has willed it to ward off the evil eye. Understanding of the evil eye varies by the level of education Some perceive the use of black color to be useful in protecting from the evil eye. Others use tawiz, tawiz. That might not even be right, but 
to ward off the evil eye. Truck owners and other public transport vehicles may commonly be seen using a small black cloth on the bumper to reveal or to prevent the evil eye. In Italy, the cornseal, which is the little horn, is a long, gently twisted corn-shaped amulet. A tooth or tuft of fur of the Italian wolf was worn as a talisman against the evil eye. Um, there's this idea that sexual symbols distract the witch, who is the one that's supposed to like have cast the evil eye, uh, from the mental efforts needed to successfully bestow curses. Like apparently, this sexual symbols like just get her all riled up. I guess another is that since the effects of the eye was to dry up liquids i'm not sure where that came from but in italy that's a thing i guess so where am i uh okay so yes so it was the the effects of the eye was to dry up liquids which in turn was the drying of the phallus, which resulted in male impotence. Impotence? Impotence. <laughs> Impotencia. So, the drying of the phallus would be averted by seeking refuge in the moist female genitalia. <laughs> which, I'm not sure how any of that correlated, but that's what Italians have done. Among the ancient Romans and their cultural descendants in the Mediterranean nation. Oh God, they scare me every time. Those who didn't have phallic charms had to make use of sexual gestures to avoid the eye. Such gestures include scratching one's testicles for men, as well as the mano cornuta gesture and the fig sign which is a fist with a thumb pressed between the index and middle finger representing the phallus within the vagina mm. i thought that was like i've got your thumb or you've got your nose <laughs> yes it's it's also that <laughs> in addition to the phallic talismans statues of hands in these gestures or covered with magical symbols were carried by the Romans as talismans. Isn't that crazy? That's interesting. It yeah. is. Wow. I'm not sure how. Why would the <laughs> sexual symbols distract the witch? Is what I wanted. Oh my God! How am I supposed to pronounce that? Maurato. Okay, you can say that. There it is. Um, <laughs> that's what Brazilians generally will associate maulado. I don't even know. <laughs> Which is the act of giving a bad look. Or ah. I can't, man, dude. I want to learn Portuguese so bad, but it's this is hard. Mm -hmm. My mouth oh, yes. doesn't do. These kind of the muscle work. Mm-hmm. Okay, that is fat eye or gluttonous eye. <clears throat> but um they associate these two with envy or jealousy on domestic and garden plants. <laughs> <laughs> 
which is that after months and years of health and beauty will suddenly weaken, wither, and die with no apparent signs of pest after the visitation of a certain friend or relative. I can see I that happens to my plants every year. Mm-hmm. But that's just because I'm really bad at growing plants. But <laughs> um, Okay, yeah, after the visitation of a friend or relative. And uh, attractive hair and less often economic or romantic success and family harmony. So... Unlike in most cultures, ooh, I'm gonna just keep. (laughs) Unlike in most cultures, is not seen (laughs) to be something that risks young babies. Pagans or non-baptized children are instead assumed to be at risk from. I don't know if this is pronounced differently. Hold on. Bruxas. Oh, that is pronounced differently. Mm. Okay, from bruxas, which are witches that have malignant intentions themselves rather than just. Damn it! I should have just copy and pasted. Rather, oh fuck! Rather than. It probably reflects the Galatian folk tales about the Migas or Portuguese Magas. I don't, I'm not even going to try. Which are witches, as colonial Brazil was primarily settled by Portuguese people in numbers greater than all Europeans to settle pre independent or pre independence United States. Those bruxas, or what the fuck did she say? Bruxas mm-hmm. are in. Interpreted to have taken the form of moths, often very dark, that disturb children at night and take away their energy. For that reason, Christian Brazilians often have amulets in the form of crucifixes around, besides, or inside babies' beds. Or inside beds where children sleep. (laughs) Nevertheless, older children, especially boys that fulfill the cultural ideals of behaving extremely well, for example, having no problems whatsoever in eating well, a great variety of food, being obedient and respectful towards adults, kind, polite, studious, and demonstrating no bad blood with other children or their siblings who unexpectedly turn into problematic adolescents or adults. For example, lacking good health habits, extreme laziness, or lacking motivation towards their life goals, Having eating disorders or being prone to delinquency are said to have been victims of <laughs> coming from parents of children whose behavior was not as admirable. That just you, your child went through puberty. That's what mm-hmm. happened. Probably hmm. <clears throat> amulets that protect against tend to be generally resistant mildly to strongly toxic and dark plants in specific and strategic places of a garden or the entry to a house. Jeez. Those include Oh my goodness. Okay, I'm going to just say the English versions. Those include Against Me Nobody Can, St. George George's Sword, and Guinea. And the guinea henweed. Interesting. I've never heard of any of those. 
For those lacking in space or wanting to sanitize specific places, they may be all planted together in a single seven lucky herbs pot. That will also include rue. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And basil and rosemary. Though the last four ones should be, oh, the last three ones should be used for their common culinary purposes by humans. (laughs) Should not be used. They shouldn't be used. So they just sit in there with the other ones. Cool. Other popular amulets against evil eye include the use of mirrors on the inside of your home's front door or also inside your home facing your front door. An elephant figurine with its back to the front door and coarse salt placed in specific places at home. That's interesting. In Spain and Latin America, the evil eye or maldojo has been (laughs) deeply embedded in Spanish popular culture throughout its history and Spain is the origin of this superstition in Latin America. In Mexico and Central America, infants are considered at special risk for the evil eye and are often given an amulet bracelet as protection, typically with an eye-like spot painted on the amulet. Another preventative measure is allowing admirers to touch the infant or child. In a similar manner, a person wearing an item of clothing that might induce envy may suggest to others that they touch it or some other way dispel envy. Yep, that's what they am sure. One traditional cure in Latin America involves a curandero, which is a folk healer, sweeping a raw chicken egg over the body of a victim to absorb the power of the person with the evil eye. The egg is later broken into a glass with water and placed under the bed of the patient near the head. Sometimes it is checked immediately because the egg appears as if it has been cooked. When this happens, it means that the patient did have mal de ojo. Somehow the mal de ojo had, has transferred to the egg and the patient immediately gets well. Fever, pain, and diarrhea, nausea, vomiting goes away instantly. I almost sang the fucking... <laughs> the <laughs> stomach <song>. diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> In the traditional Hispanic culture of the southwestern United States, and oh my god, it just sounded like fucking Moira from Schitt's Creek. You did! (laughs) (laughs) Um, And some parts of Latin America, the egg may be passed over the patient in a cross-shaped pattern all over the body while reciting the Lord's Prayer. The egg is also placed in a glass of water under the bed and near the head sometimes it is examined right away or in the morning and if the egg looks like it's been cooked then that meant that means that they have maldojo and the patient will start feeling better sometimes if the patient starts getting ill and someone knows that they had just that they had stared at the patient usually a child if the person who stares goes to the child and touches them the child's illness goes away immediately so the maldojo energy is released or it's reabsorbed. Mm. In some parts of South America, the act of ojear, which can be translated to give someone the evil eye. What the fuck is an involuntary act? Someone may ojear babies, animals, and inanimate objects just by staring and admiring them. This may produce illness, discomfort, or possibly death on babies or animals and failures on inanimate objects like cars or houses it's a common belief that since this is an involuntary act made by people with the heavy look 
The proper way of protection is by attaching a red ribbon to the animal, baby, or object in order to attract the gaze to the ribbon rather than the object intended to be protected. In Mexico, malojo often occurs without the dimension of envy, but but in so far as envy is a part of ojo, it is a variant of this underlying sense of insecurity and relative vulnerability to powerful, hostile forces in the environment. In her study of medical attitudes in the Santa Clara Valley of California, Margaret Clark arrives at essentially the same conclusion. Among the Spanish-speaking folk of Salsipuedes, the patient is regarded as a passive and innocent victim of malevolent forces in his environment. These forces may be witches, evil spirits, the consequences of poverty, or virulent bacteria that invades his body. The scapegoat may be a visiting social worker who unwittingly casts the evil eye. Mexican folk uh, concepts are disease. Oh my God. Mexican folk concepts of diseases are based in part on the notion that people can be victimized by the careless or malicious behavior of others. Thank you so much, Margaret. (laughs) Another aspect of the mal de ojo syndrome is a disturbance of the hot-cold equilibrium in the victim. According to folk belief, the bad effects of an attack result from the hot force of the aggressor entering the child's body and throwing it out of balance. Okay, I'm so sorry, but there was, yes, there was somebody whose last name was Courier, and I took them out. But it says, Courier has shown how the Mexican hot-cold system is an unconscious folk model of social relations upon which social anxieties are projected. According to Courier, the nature of Mexican peasant society is such that each individual must continuously attempt to achieve a balance between opposing social forces the tendency towards intimacy and that towards withdrawal. It is therefore proposed that the individual's continuous preoccupation with achieving a balance between heat and cold is a way of reenacting in symbolic terms a fundamental activity in social relations. The fuck does that even mean? Hmm. I don't know what that means, Abby. What does that mean? I don't know. Social relations? In Puerto Rico, they also call it mal de ojo, and it's believed to be caused when someone gives a wicked glare of jealousy to someone. Usually when the person receiving the glare is unaware, the jealousy can be disguised into a positive aspect, such as a compliment or admiration. Mal de ojo is considered a curse and illness. It is believed that without proper protection, bad luck, Injury and illness are expected to follow. Mal de ojo impact is believed to affect speech, relationships, work, family, and most notably health. (gasps) Speech. Hmm. Since mal de ojo centers around envy and compliments, it creates fear of interacting with people that are outside of their culture. Indirect harm could be brought to them or their family. When it comes to children, they are considered to be more susceptible to maleojo and it is believed that it can weaken them, leading to illness. As a child grows, 
every effort is taken to protect them. When diagnosing mal de ojo, it is important to notice the symptoms. <clears throat> Physical symptoms can include loss of appetite, body weakness, stomach ache, insomnia, fever, nausea, eye infections, lack of energy, and temperament. Environmental symptoms can include financial, family, and personal problems as simple as a car breaking down. It's important for those who believe to be aware of anything that has gone wrong. It is important for those who believe to be aware of anything that has gone wrong because it may be linked to mal de ojo. Puerto Ricans are protected through the use of azabache bracelets. I should have asked my sister-in-law how the fuck you say mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mal de ojo can also be avoided by touching an infant when giving admiration. The most common practice of protection in Puerto Rico. Yeah, I already said that. Mm -hmm. Uh, These bracelets traditionally have a black and red cord amulet attached. Oh, my God. A black and red coral amulet attached. The amulet is in the shape of a fist with a protruding index finger and knuckle. So it's like you're giving the bird. No, yeah, index it finger. Sounds like index finger, though. Okay, where am I? All right then. Hmm. And eggs are the most common method to cure mal de ojo mm-hmm. for Puerto Ricans. The red string and oils can also be used, or the red string and oils also used are more common in other cultures. But still, in Puerto Rico, depending on the healer or the person who is believed to have the ability to cure those who have been targeted. Ultimately, the act of giving someone the evil eye is a rather simple process and is practiced throughout the world. Yeah, I just <laughs> said all that. There's like a list of, um, there's, <sighs> see, I yawned. <laughs> they have like a whole fucking list of names like or not yeah the names of what the evil eye are in like different languages and I was like there's no way because I can barely mm-hmm. even speak English <laughs> and then cool. there's a list of the amulets and other protections that um are used like the red string, which is a Kabbalah. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. I think I've heard that before. Yes. And then the jumbi beads that I was talking about and the color blue. Mm-hmm. And, um, and apparently there's creatures that are that will cause like um or that people use like the ogres that they use in was it India? Mm-hmm. But there's Baylor, who is a character in Irish legend, and the Basilisk, which was in Harry Potter, but it is, mm-hmm. it gives the Death Glare a petrifying glance. And then the Beholder, which is from Dungeons and Dragons, and I can't believe they added any of this shit. Interesting. And then the, fuck, I don't know what that is, the Cockatrice, the Cockatrice. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. Which is, it gives Death Glare a petrifying glance. And then Medusa and the Gorgons, which do the same. But their picture can also be used as protection from the evil eye. Did you know that? Whoa. No, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Protection. Yeah. And 
the rule of three that like witches use mm-hmm. is a concept of the evil eye. What the? And um, there's the eye of providence, a symbol showing an eye surrounded by rays of light or glory and is usually enclosed by a triangle, which is the eye on the dollar. Mm. It's on the money. Yes. And that's a concept too. And I don't know what the, what is that? Hmm. Oh, and the, it didn't, why didn't they just fucking add that in there? The Filipino version is like Usag or Balis, which I might be saying wrong. But yeah, that's it. That's Mike Super Short Show. Fascinating. Within every culture. In every culture. Interesting. Well, good to know. That was very cool. I um, was not familiar with the practices from other cultures, so that's really cool. The, The protection, the eggs. Yeah, I thought there was more people that used eggs, but I don't think a lot of them uh, like associate it with like evil eye, like specifically. Right, you know I mean? have to be yeah. Like, there's probably something else that they would have to. I don't know. That would be related to evil eye, but in different ways or something. I mm-hmm. guess where they could tie in the egg. Well, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest thing is like if you don't believe in this stuff, okay cool then you're fine don't worry about it but if you do believe in this stuff it's nice to pay attention and potentially you know ward off any kind of envy or um if you do get sick or whatever and you can't explain i guess it depends also what kind of illness you would get but if you can't explain it just go ahead and rub an egg <laughs> just right just get in there <laughs> i did that for fawn like last month oh she was having a little bit of bad luck, so I rubbed her with a little egg. She was probably so confused. She was like, what the fuck is happening here? Also, they eat those, so they were probably like, ooh, goody. Oh, she's like, are you just trying to butter me <laughs> Are you? Were you warming me, warming up my food? Yeah, or? like, what's happening? <laughs> she's so funny. <clears throat> well, very cool. Um, I can't wait to see what everyone else has has to say about it and if they can relate. I'm not sure if it's so much practiced anymore or if the rituals have changed as time has gone on. But um, yeah, there's different versions of it. So that's cool that you decided to use this as your topic for this week. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And uh, I will post images and um, things of that nature to the Instagram. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Once again, thank you guys so much for all of your ongoing support, and thanks for joining us this week. So, did we give you the creeps?